back, everybody. Uh, you know, it's been another week. Uh, bowl season is is kicked off. You know, bowl mania time. It's it's the holiday season. Uh, it's bowl season uh, before any of that, though. Uh, well, I mean, for some people, maybe I don't know, but we we love the bowls. We we watch them. Uh, so we're gonna hit up on the games. You know, so far uh, we did our picks through Thursday. We did the first ten. Uh, I think we'll just, you know, towards the end of the season, we'll just count them all off. And, or at the end of each week, you know, we'll, we'll hit up what we did on the first 10 games and then we'll go the next 10, so on and so forth. Um, so the, these first slate, not, not too bad. There was a couple that were, were, were snoozers, you know, that's just how it is, but some of them were pretty good. And even on our list that we put out where we said the worst bowl games ended up having probably the best bowl games so far. Um, there were some ones in really sloppy conditions. The Miami, Ohio and Appalachian state game was just a mess, but it was a beautiful mess. And then Ohio, I think, uh, we're, we're, we might talk about them here pretty soon too, uh, with most surprising. So we'll, we'll see. Let's get into these games though, guys, and just go ahead and knock them off. Uh, first one up, it was the Georgia Southern Ohio game. Uh, really, you know, Georgia Southern, they had lost some people to the portal. Ohio had lost their biggest contributors on offense, but they came out swinging and, and won 41 to 21. Uh, Hunt, their, I believe he's their third string running back, came out and had a ball game, a record for uh, touchdowns in a bowl game with five, I believe it was. Uh, so huge game from him. Uh, they again won 41 to 21. Georgia Southern really didn't have an answer for him. Uh, next one up was Florida A&M and Howard. Uh, that's your HBCU national championship, effectively. Uh, and, and Florida A&M went 12-1 uh, and on the season. They got the bowl win 30-26. to And uh, Howard had a pretty good start there. And, you know, they, they just ended up giving it up at the end. Uh, Florida A&M came in with a strong fourth quarter and, uh, and ended up beating them. Uh, so good, good win for them. Great season. 12 and one is not easy to do. doesn't matter what conference you play in. Uh, so good, good on them. Uh, another one that was actually a really good game was the Jacksonville state in Louisiana game. Uh, Louisiana was you know, six and six at the time and Jacksonville state, this is their first ever bowl game. You know, they got in because not enough teams were bowl eligible. Uh, but man, they, it was a slugfest throughout the whole game, trading touchdowns, seven to seven. You know, second quarter, seven points, seven points. It was just back and forth. Uh, but Jacksonville State found a way to win. And, you know, congratulations to them on, on their first bowl win. That's huge for a program. And uh, look out for them. They, they could be a dangerous team moving forward. You know, Conference USA, maybe realignment down the line. Who knows? Uh, I like that team. Uh, Louisiana, they've got some work that they need to do. Uh, I, I feel like they've got a lot more potential in that state. Um, Miami and Ohio, Miami, Ohio, excuse me. That one always throws me off a little bit in app state. Uh, again, that was the one that was just a slop fest, man. It was again, beautiful though. Piss and rain, uh, forgive my language, but I don't know how else to describe it. It was coming down sideways. It was coming down in all directions and there was puddles all over the field. Uh, paint was everywhere. It, it was just awesome. And, I think there was uh, 11 or 12 fumbles in the game, maybe 13. I, I I can't remember exactly. I think it was 13. Either way, they were. It was everywhere. The ball was everywhere, and uh, but Appalachian State found a way. They they uh, controlled the line of scrimmage better. They had more mass, you know, up front, and and they got it done on the ground. Uh, Amos had a he had a good game for Miami Ohio. Uh, Aguilar still passed for 211 yards in that rain. Pretty impressive. 
moving down, UCLA and Boise State. Uh, this one was maybe surprising to most. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, but UCLA came back after you know a rough first half, and they beat uh, Boise State thirty-five to twenty-two. Boise State just had no answers in, in the, after halftime. And then uh, another one of our most boring games that we selected was Texas Tech and uh, California. Maybe most boring is not the right word for it, but worst game. You know, just not it just doesn't turn the wheels. You know, these teams are trash this year. Uh, the insignificance bowl, I think, is what Trevor called it, and. You know, it effectively was. Texas Tech did get their seventh win, 34-14. to uh, So these teams are going to look to turn the page into next season. Um, you know, another one, too, is Fresno State, New Mexico State. Uh, we're going to talk about that one very soon because that's our next segment. Uh, but before we get into that game, guys, let's talk about uh, what are some of the most uh, intriguing things from the first slate of games Maybe some of the you know most lackluster parts. I, I don't know what what impressed you this this early slate of games. Well, I would say the thing that probably impressed me the most, I guess, I guess is I guess is the right word with these these early these early bowl games. I mean, impressed is all relative, I guess. But um, one, I mean, the Western Kentucky game later earlier today was just like. I didn't actually get to watch the game, but I got to see highlights and obviously what the final score was to come back from 28 down. That's impressive no matter who you are. Um, and um, I think the Ohio performance is also something that I tip my cap to simply because, I mean, we are, we talked about it when we were picking these games that we weren't sure how what I or what Ohio team might as well be Iowa. Uh, but um what Ohio team we would uh what we would get out of it and with all the transfers and everything else it's I think it was probably one of the best performances of the weekend maybe maybe uh of the of the whole of the whole uh, I guess uh lesser bowl season but that's remains to be seen but I really my my hat's off to Ohio and getting ready to play for that with so many players leaving I think uh, Fresno State had the best performance of the weekend, coming out throwing up 500 yards of offense, holding New Mexico State, the hot team of the West, to 200 yards, 58 yards to the air, 140 on the ground. A lot of people was picking New Mexico State, didn't really give Fresno a shot in it. I did. I love it. I thought I clicked the button. I didn't though. Uh, but yeah, you 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 did pick them, and you had some good picks this week. Uh, I was just running them down. You picked uh, the Ohio win when Trevor and I went against it. Uh, let's see, Trevor did. You know, he he went for the raging Cajuns. Got the L on that one though, buddy. Sorry. Uh, you know, it was funny. On this, I <laughs> I must have forgot what I did on the show because uh, on paper I picked Miami Ohio, but on my college pick them on on my uh, my phone I picked App State. So uh, Brendan, do better next time. Uh, yeah, the Fresno State one though that that was a really good uh, win for them because they did they shut them down and uh, like like Trevor also mentioned and I forgot to bring it up so I appreciate it was the game today that, that we watched, uh, you know, Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. 
that was one of our, you know, games that we were just like, uh, you know, it's just, it's one of the worst ones of the, the, the bowl season. And boy, it started off like 28, nothing. And I, I watched the whole thing and I was, I was like, ah, oh, this is a snooze fest, man. Um, you know, that this, this isn't going to be anything, you know, I was chilling with the kids and then all of a sudden, you know, they started storming back and I'm like, oh, they might do this, man. And then sure enough, that fourth quarter, they, they tore it up 21 points, went into overtime. They blocked two field goals. Uh, Western Kentucky did, and they, they got the, the final field goal to win the game. So just an awesome, awesome performance today uh, from Western Kentucky getting that bowl win. And uh, again, they were on their fourth string quarterback. Uh, their star wide receiver like left at halftime. He was like done with it. Uh, so it, it was just an interesting game and, but they found a way to win and that's what, that's what teams do. And, you know, th- it's a whole nother conversation about, you know, if bowls are important, uh, you know, what people think about them. And obviously we see a lot of opt outs, a lot of people going in the portal, like we've talked about before the, the calendar's all jacked up, but I still, I think it's important for, the coaches to see the depth on their team and maybe what they might need to target in recruiting and in the portal. Cause now, you know, this quarterback went out and he threw almost 400, 400 yards passing. And uh, you know, maybe they've got a, you know, Western Kentucky has got a quarterback next season, you know, after their, their starter uh, sat out and he's getting ready to transfer. So I, you know, I think it can be important and, and still a good thing uh, for these bowls and, I don't think there is too many bowls because people say that as well. Um, anything else, boys, on these before we go in and talk about uh, the Jerry Kill uh, incident in New Mexico State? All right, well, let's ride on. Uh, so Jerry Kill, I, I guess this story actually goes back to September, but Jerry Kill during uh, the postgame interview, you know, he, he's a chill dude. He, he used to coach at Minnesota. Uh Sounds like a good old Southern boy. I, I haven't looked into him. I just knew he coached at Minnesota. I'd always see him on the sidelines, you know, watching the Michigan-Minnesota games. Um, but he took a leave of absence for his health, and, you know, he, he got better, uh, you know, rejuvenated, and now he's back coaching at New Mexico. He's done a wonderful job there. Uh, New Mexico State. I'm sorry, because that might piss him off. Um, but now this after this game, you know, the New Mexico Bowl is hosted at the University of New Mexico. Well – <laughs> I guess there was some, you know, some beef there because the quarterback for New Mexico State, uh, he was caught peeing on the midfield logo of the New Mexico Lobos back in September. I don't know why he was in there, what he was doing. How the hell did he get in there? Um, you know, but he some there's like a picture of him. It's grainy. Somebody driving by him in the like like in a golf cart or something. They're taking a, like a quick photo and he's like, you know, holding his, you know, stuff out. He's peeing and, and he's like smiling at the camera. Uh, so flash forward to now, Jerry Killen then punished, you know, the quarterback. Uh, he got disciplined uh, how he deserved, how they saw fit. Well, you know, they thought bygones might be bygones. You know, it is a rivalry, but it's also a bowl game. It's hosted by the university. So they thought they would, you know, not treat it as a rivalry. And I say that to say, New Mexico State was not allowed the opportunity to use their indoor facilities. Uh, not just, you know, the men's football team, but the cheerleaders and all that. So they had to be outside. I guess it really pissed them off. So Jerry Kill comes out and uh, he's like, <laughs> he straight up said, 
you know, they didn't let us, you know, practice uh, in their indoor facility. He doesn't want us to do this or that. He's, he called them chicken shit. And uh, he said, I don't care. That's my opinion. I, if I get in trouble, I don't give a shit either. Uh, I can go down to New Me- or go down to Mexico tomorrow and start drinking margaritas and let y'all enjoy your life because I'll be enjoying mine. Uh, so he went on for a couple minutes more, but that's the gist of it. He he just wasn't I'm happy with how- that. I don't care I know, what he I mean, says. That's a freaking amazing. It's a it, well done, well done. Yeah, he he doesn't give a damn, you know. But he said, "Hey, look, we disciplined the guy that that did the problem. You know, I thought we'd have, you know, that was an individual thing. We we squashed it on our level." We thought there was going to be some more respect here just because it's a bowl game. Uh, we get there's a rivalry, but come on. Uh, and then Nunez, which is the athletic director of New Mexico, New Mexico, said, oh, no, none of that happened. Like, they were afforded the same opportunities as everybody else. Well, there's some more stuff today that said, no, that, in fact, was not true because it was also the cheerleaders were not afforded that opportunity. When obviously they weren't the ones caught, you know, peeing on the field. I mean, maybe they were. We just didn't get, you know, those that, that imagery. But you know, it's just it's a weird situation. And I just I I like Jerry Kill. I like him uh, talking his shit, you know. And uh, I res- I also I can get behind New Mexico saying, "Hey, screw you, buddy." It's part of the rivalry. I don't know. What do you, What do you guys think on it? It's a horrible I like, look. I like both sides of the argument. I like watching the coach defend his team and go at the AD of New Mexico, but also think it's pretty badass that New Mexico said, you piss on our field, you can't practice. I mean, I like both sides of it. I'm all about it. You know, in that regard, yeah, I do. But I don't know why you had to do the cheerleaders dirty like that. Like That's that's wrong. (laughs) They wear that little messed up. I'm just saying, like, my own personal opinion is I was like, hey, do what you want, like, whatever. But, like, the cheerleaders had legit, legitimately nothing to do with it. Like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I do like both sides of this. <laughs> For me, it's, you know, it's rivalry. And that's obviously it's aside from it because it's a bowl game. They're hosting it, whatever. You expect to use the, the proper facilities and whatever, but. You know, you take it to like, what if this was a an issue like Ohio State's court? You know, quarterback was peeing on the midfield logo, and there's a bowl game at Michigan, or uh, you know, Peyton Thorne was peeing on the 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 you know Bama logo at midfield. You know, so to me, I'm like, I get it. It's part of the rivalry. You know, hate yeah. each other. Let that hate show, son. I, I like it. Yeah, but I, I also mean, I'm I, like, okay, I, come on, look, I. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't get it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of the same along the same lines as Iowa painting a freaking locker room visitor locker room pink, or whatever. You know, whatever. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, or, yeah, Iowa. Yeah, I was right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thinking of a, possibly thinking of a different team, but um, I don't know. It's just like this is New Mexico, New Mexico State. Like, come on, like really. I think hey. anyone outside of Albuquerque <laughs> doesn't really care about this rivalry. Hey, look, one likes green sauce, one likes red sauce. All right, you know it's just, it's it's the New Mexico thing. I just say well, put I'll them tell both you together. What, I'm with Blake though. I think I love the the whole like uh, bitterness. I guess you could say. I guess that'd mm-hmm. be a good word. It's just bitter. Everybody's just bitter about it. So I can't be mad about it because I know if I was the AD at New Mexico, I would have not only banned their players and cheerleaders, but their fans as well. I wouldn't have sold tickets huh. to them. I'm petty though. 
Hey, I love make it. it a part of the make it a drop down that you have to say say what team you're coming to see so they can yeah, say no, right. decline, no more tickets. Yep. Sorry, <laughs> sold out. Oh man, hey, that's that's what the sport needs, in my opinion. We need we need more uh, more pettiness in the rivalry games. I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I think we're right, boys. I think we're right. Um, I think we're nearing the day where we see head coaches fought at midfield. I I, I always, it needs to be know, allowed. It needs to be allowed. I want to see it. I want to see, see Harbaugh and Ryan out. Day tomorrow. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I don't know what crying Ryan would do, man. I don't know. I feel like fetal position would be his go-to. I mean, look what he did about Lou Holtz talking trash, you know? <laughs> I, don't... <laughs> like, I don't know if y'all remember the show, that Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah. yeah. That he reminds me of one of them little gopher things. I don't, I don't know what they were. That's why every time I see him, I just think of that chip, 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 and down. Honestly, his whole face looks fake. Like mm-hmm. it looks like the do- guy has had way too much work done. It's the weirdest damn thing. He's using that Bosley for sure. Hey, <laughs> dang right. Hey, I, I, like I don't necessarily blame the Bosley stuff. You know, I. I talked about that, you know, with Dan. I was like, "Look, if I ever go bald, I'm going, I'm getting Bosley." But I don't think I'll have that problem I'll because be I have good Clean genetics. Before I my, do Bosley, got good, good flow. My grandfather's got great hair, so we should be good. Um, I, I don't know something about genetics. Uh, <laughs> either way, I know we're off track. Let's go on and get into the transfer portal. Uh, you know, some people they use the transfer portal from the back of their head to the front. Others use the transfer portal to get players on their team. And one of the best at doing that right now this year is freaking Ole Miss, man. They are just lighting it up. And uh, they're on tap to get even the number one player in the portal portal in uh, Walter Nolan. Uh, You know, they jumped Colorado. So, you know, Colorado's been loading them up. They're building a new team again. Uh, That that seems to be the prime way is just to just rebuild in the portal and hope to God the rest of your players stay. Uh, but Ole Miss, they, they've done a solid job of recruiting, though they did have a player leave today, uh, a four-star, I believe. And then, uh, But they, they're still racking them up. Uh, I've got a stat here. Let me pull it up uh, just on who, that, who Ole Miss has gotten so far. And currently they have the number one edge uh, committed, the number one linebacker, number two edge, number two wide receiver, number two interior offensive lineman, number 11 safety, number 14 corner, number 16 safety, and number 19 safety. And, again, they're they're primed to get Walter Nolan, the number one uh, defensive lineman. Uh, so, again, they're, they're racking them up. And a lot of them are from in-conference schools, which is what surprises me the most about this whole transfer uh, portal and uh, just, just the kids in general. You know, uh, you see a kid going uh, today, he went from Mississippi State to Ole Miss. I'm like, how the hell can you do that? You know, I, I just don't get it. But, you know, a few years ago, uh, I guess it was a while now, when Michigan hired, uh, you know, Rich Rod, we had a couple uh, the Boren brothers, you know, were both on Michigan. They transferred to Ohio State because of that, that pick. I just – that's one thing I just don't understand. How could you go to somebody that you're, you know, supposed to hate so much? Um, but, again, I, it's, it's not me. I, I have no idea. Uh, so either way, Ole Miss is looking really good out there. Colorado's having a really good uh, portal class as well. Um, again, we talked about Aiden Childs already. Uh, currently, uh, also Dante Moore, uh, the w- quarterback from 
Uh, UCLA is now going to Oregon. He doesn't care that he's going to have to sit behind uh, Dylan Gabriel. He said he wants a year to develop uh, because he kind of got cast in the fire at UCLA, even though that was kind of his own fault. Uh, if you remember his recruiting process, uh, he was big on the NIL. He wanted a, a big NIL deal to sign. Uh, so he went, he was originally committed to Oregon. And then, you know, he's from Michigan. He was talking to Michigan, but they weren't going to give him the money he wanted up front. That's just not what uh, the Michigan staff does with NIL. Um, you know, so they ended up going to, he ended up going to UCLA, didn't like it there. Now he's at Oregon. Um, who else was it? Oh, today, um, Trevor, you, you've been you've been tracking the portal pretty good today. We covered, um, uh, wow, I just said his name, Dante Moore, who's going to, to Oregon. There's another big one today that, that committed, yeah, I'm the, trying to remember. He's the number eight prospect in the country. He's from, out of Georgia. He's also from some, uh, for any Michigan listeners, you may recognize the last name is Rayola, as in Dominic Rayola's son who's also happens to be the eighth number eight prospect and the number one quarterback in the 2024 class. And he is, has officially flipped from Georgia. Just, I mean, let's see. I literally was following this story and it then came across that he admitted to an ESPN analyst or reporter that he was going to end up flipping to Nebraska from from Georgia. It's a big leap. I mean, as yeah. far as, like, if anybody's thinking about this, like, you're thinking Nebraska, when was the last time they had a top-tier recruit go to Nebraska? Mm-hmm. Most people that listen to this show probably cannot remember that. Um, and on top of that, obviously, the backstory to this is a little bit is that Dominic Rayola – NFL lineman for Detroit Lions for a long time, uh, went to North Carolina or went to Nebraska, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's an attachment there for sure, an alumni thing. So that's pretty exciting. But the real interesting thing is that I feel like it, all of this started by the fact that there are probably word got out that Beck was going coming back for a senior season. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what the word got out, and that's when Rayola switched from Georgia to Nebraska, or opened it back up for people to contact him, at least. Yeah, he he seems like he wants to be the guy, yeah, and do it and be the guy early. And yeah, Beck announced today that he's coming back, uh, so that's big for Georgia. So obviously, you know, Rayola wouldn't start, you know, this year. Blake, you got anything on uh, that or anything else? Well, on the opposite side, Georgia has lost 17 players to the portal. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that should be mentioned. That's a ridiculous it's number. It's not just them. There's uh, the USC is bleeding players left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably almost they're they're probably on par, or maybe maybe not quite there yet. But as many players keep see, seem to keep leaving USC, I feel like they're going to catch up to Georgia pretty quick. But you're I right, Georgia has see... been bleeding players as well. I can understand players leaving USC. I just don't get leaving Georgia. What I don't get about Georgia is that it's everybody. It, it, it mm-hmm. both sides of the ball, all like skill positions. Like, like it just doesn't make sense. Stars. Four or five yeah. five stars. Four or five four stars. I mean, that's uh, 
That's a it lot. makes you wonder what kind of conversations are ha- being had behind closed doors. At <laughs> Probably this point. that haircut Kirby got. They tired of looking at that visor. You know, you reach a certain age, and the bowl cut's got to go. You know, just wear a hat. Just just, be, just get with the cut. program and wear a hat. Yes, I say that every time I see like any of those coaches that wear the dance. They got the the bowl cut. They got the vine. It happens all over the place down in the SEC, man. It makes it even funnier when Kirby with the bowl cut and the visor is trying to like get like get all pumped up with a bunch of hip hop music in his locker room with all his players. Is the funniest damn thing to watch. Yeah. I it, it is. I'd say it's still not as cringy as old uh, Dabo sometimes though. That oh, that dude yeah, gets Dabo. pretty crazy. Um, uh, but back on on to the USC thing in Georgia, uh, Malachi Nelson, a five star quarterback from last year, uh, one mm-hmm. of the top quarterbacks in the class for USC, he's leaving, and you know they're bringing in Will Howard, but that's a, that's like a one year deal. So I'm surprised he's not just going to wait and you know. But I, I, I think the thing I think is, it's another situation. It's, it's, it, in my opinion, I think it's a situation where he fully expected to be mm-hmm. given the job, not earn the job, but give the given the job. And it's a character flaw, in my opinion, to this particular player. Which I mean, I'm not a particular fan that like some. some I forget what reporter came out and said. Well, he might he might be trending towards Michigan. I was like, no, I doubt it. Yeah, I I think it could be you know, part of that, uh, Trevor. And I, I think it's also, we don't know what they're promised as recruits. Uh, you know, it, there's, there's really no idea, you know, to what these guys might've been said. Like you said, Hey, you, you, you sit behind Caleb Williams. All right. As soon as he's gone, you get the job. And they're like, okay, now, now the coaching staff's like, Oh, we just had a really shitty year with the Heisman quarterback. We need something. We need a filler. We need something because now we're going to the Big Ten, you know. So I, I don't know That's what they promised these mention. kids to recruit. Yeah, it, it's just it, there's a lot of angles to this. It, it's hard to know. And so here's another angle. Tell me if you guys agree with this or not, because I I just was thinking about that. So what what do you think the angle is of them actually moving to the Big Ten is actually hurting some of the recruits there because they see the parity that would be in the Big Ten at this point. I mean, even if they move the SEC, I mean, obviously the competition is difficult. But, for example, like, I mean, you talk about uh, – I know this is going to sound very homerish of me, but, like, the Michigan schedule next year, it, just for example, has two out of the playoff teams that are in this year on their schedule next year on top of USC. And I, it makes me wonder – Maybe some of these kids don't have confidence that the team that they are currently on can compete with the teams that they are about to have to play next season. And it's just just a theory. There's nothing obviously out there in the world about it. I was just thinking about it. It's like what would possibly make these guys want to leave when there's so much opportunity to get, you know, television coverage, being in the Big Ten, all that stuff like that. I don't know. It's probably a multitude of things, generational, um, mm-hmm. just some kids, if they can't win, they don't want to play. It's like the Western Kentucky guy leaving at halftime. I mean, how can you do that to your team? You know, it's it's the same thing. You know, they, they know they can't win. They probably ain't going to go undefeated. So they're going to want to go somewhere where they probably can go undefeated. You know, but I'd say SEC and Big Ten next year, 
there's probably not going to be an undefeated team out of those conferences because those are super conferences now. I mean, you've got 10 to 12 teams in each conference that are, well, maybe not quite 10 to 12, but I'd say easy six to eight teams that I would say six to eight easily. Yeah. yeah. Are national championship powerhouse capable teams mm-hmm. and no other conference can say that it's just those two. Yeah. So uh, that's probably a factor. And then just, just the way it is now in college football, kids are just leaving everywhere. No rhyme or reason. It seems like they may be getting better NIL deals. They may, may be getting better yeah. offers from other schools. It could be just wanting to go back home because we're dealing with a whole different generation of, of people now. It's you not like lying. it used to be. And it, I mean, for me, it's just like you mentioned the NIL and I, I saw it again today. So it just kind of made me angry is like, I swear on everything holy, if Marvin Harrison Jr. gets $20 million to stay in college, I quit. It's the end of I college freaking football. I freaking quit. If it happens, it will be the end of college football. It will be. I, it's going to set <clears throat> such a dangerous precedent for the elite players of college football that I don't think these schools are even going to – what will end up happening is, is the presidents of these schools will just say, no, we're done. No, we're cap. We're capping it at X amount of dollars, and that's it. If they don't like it, they don't have to play here. See, <clears throat> when you when it's nil though, it can come from anything, can't it? So, like, if there's a like a car dealership in the city, and they're that's they want a kid, well. yeah, and they want a kid to come to their school, and they're like, hey, I'll throw you a hundred grand and a Mercedes if you come play at Nebraska or something yeah, yeah. like that, you know. That's um that's beyond the scope of the school. Like there's yeah. gonna have to be we've done beat this to death over and over and over, but there's there's gotta be some type of oversight over this. Because <laughs> if they pay that kid twenty million dollars, I mean that we're just gonna have like a miniature NFL on our hands and there'll be no point or any type of um reason for a kid to want to strive to do good at the co- collegiate level because what are you gaining by going to the NFL if you can just get a bag like that in college and then be done? You're not wrong, dude. You're not wrong at all. I, man, that the I can't even imagine the trickle down effect that would have on everything. Yeah. I mean, these but, kids are already. I mean, we have what the the kid from USC has not played a freaking snap unless it was on unless it was garbage time. And I guarantee you the reason he's leaving is one, starting time, and two, money. I mean, it's literally those two things. Yeah. It's also Um, hard, though, to pare it down and nail it to Ohio State. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. It's every Um, team. It's everywhere. Not even that. I'm just talking about, like, the $20 specifically, if they were to do that. Because the minute we allowed this to come into college football without some sort of – oversight it opened up that for anybody it was an it it became an inevitability right where this was going to be the 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 cause and effect of doing what they did um i mean don't do i think that these kids should be able to profit from their likeness if they can yeah i do i do do i think that they should be sitting there and be like i don't like what you guys are offering now and move on I really don't like that. But, I mean, if it means like, hey, 
I can get better exposure at this school or something like that. I understand. I get like ment- mentally, like as far as a person, I've played a sport. If I ever had that kind of opportunity, I can't sit here and judge completely because I don't really know what I would, what kind of decision would make when there's, when I'm 16, 17, 18 years old, these guys are just dangling money in front of me that mm-hmm. I never would have imagined in my lifetime to see in person. Yeah. Or in my bank account. So like I can understand the temptation to go for more and keep going for more. But at some point in time, there's got to be a cutoff. There's got to be a, there's got to be a maximum. They've got to put a maximum to this. Otherwise it'll just keep growing to a ridiculous level. Well, it's already there, but I mean, if this $20 million thing goes through, it's going to go I'll through the roof. I'll venture to say more. next off season, how this year the big talk is the playoff, the 12 team. I venture to say next year it's going to be NIL regulations are coming. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. I don't see I how they couldn't have that conversation. They need to. Uh, they need to have the conversation at least. I feel like they're very one-track mind with the NCAA and everything. They're, their whole Every meeting that they've had this year has been about the playoffs and uh, you know the new scheduling and all this. So yeah, I agree with you. Probably next year they're gonna be like, okay, we got we got to tackle this a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, every team's got this, you know, the NIL, uh, how teams use it. Obviously, the the school can't do it, but the boosters can. Um, even you know, Michigan's got the one more year fund uh, that we started, and that's how we kept you know Blake Corm around because uh, he was looking. You know, he's probably a third round pick. Sorry, uh, if you guys want to go, I'm about to. Cough my fucking lungs out here. Yeah, Blake Corum. Uh, I mean, I thought that was neat that they did that um, for him. As I feel like it was more of an appreciation factor for Blake Corum and be like, if you want to stay, here's here's some money to do good or whatever. Keep doing what you want to do and still play here at Michigan. Um, and honestly, I thought. <laughs> It's going to sound crazy because I know that, like, a lot of unfinished business, they talk about that. But, I mean, like, with the injury, it was a super, super big risk, like, to come back for college. Um, and, and in my personal opinion, in his in his case, I actually think he hurt himself more so than helping himself, which makes it more admirable, I guess, that he came back. Because, I mean, that is a risk. If you come back another season – it could hurt your draft stock 100% yeah. more than if you left in, on good terms or whatever terms uh, the case may be. In this particular case, he was probably the favorite to win the Heisman if he didn't get hurt last year. And this year, he's number nine. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's it's that fickle on how you are viewed from season to season. So That's true. Um, um, so, yeah. Yeah, the the point just being is, you know, we, you know, Michigan's got it. They're and they're probably going to use it on JJ this year too. Uh, you know, if, if he decides, you know, hey, I've got a pretty decent draft grade, which people are saying he does. Uh, but they want him one more year because next year is a it's a hell of a schedule. So, I actually saw I actually saw a mock draft board where I had they had him going to the Atlanta Falcons if their draft was start today at number ten. Yeah, overall, I've seen a couple of those. Uh, they, they like his release, his, his speed is, you know, he's got uh, good accuracy. 
So, I mean, it's, it's very possible, but uh, you know, Harbaugh, even at his, you know, at the banquet for the award ceremony said, Hey, I hope all, a lot of you seniors come back next year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but I mean, everybody's going to pay their, their players to stay one more year if they can, it's just going to happen until there is some sort of, uh, you know, cap or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with like, if you, they want to come back, reward them for coming back. I get that. I do get that. But $20 million for a guy, not to, to it, they're talking about that number to prevent him from wanting to go to the NFL. Right. They're like, if you want to stay here, we'll give you X amount of dollars. We're not going to like, I, I don't know. I know oh, I it's still you. his decision, yeah. but yeah, I mean it's his choice. And how do you turn down twenty million dollars for well, one the, season? Yeah, and the thing is, it's it's similar to a first round draft, you know, draft, you know, package is what is what they would offer him because he's a first round. He's probably a top top two pick, you know, depending I've seen on him what as people far need. As top three. I've so, seen him top three. I saw one just, board where yeah. they had Drake May going two two overall, and it made me want to puke. <laughs> i know i'm just saying people love him and his draft status uh they really do so, i'm just they're they're drinking that kool-aid know. for sure it's just part of it and you know one last thing for me uh uh you know talking about how all these players are transferring and you know we don't know what they've been promised uh it's not like how it was obviously because the one-time transfer rule people can stack you know teams like georgia bama ohio state uh texas usc they can stack all the five stars they want, you know, in the recruiting. That doesn't mean they're going to hang around anymore. You know, they might, you know, back in the day, they they would stack up and they, they'd wait for years to play just, mm-hmm. you know, so they could get developed, so they could, you know, get the rings and all that stuff. But now these pe- people are saying, hey, well, I don't have to do that. Yeah, I can commit there. Maybe I'll get a chance, uh, you know, immediately, you know, because they think they're all that out of high school. Uh, but then, you know, maybe after a year or two, they're like, okay, I'm tired of waiting. I, I think I'm I'm good enough now, and there's still good players ahead of me. I'm going to go and use up my eligibility elsewhere, and they can do that now. And that's mm-hmm. I think you're going to start seeing all these five stars transfer, like what you're seeing at Georgia right now, and obviously at Michigan, uh, Bama, uh, Texas, and Washington. You're not seeing anything right now because they're all playing for a natty. You know, they're all trying to still go for that. Uh, so I think next year it'll be quelled a little bit from the top teams. Uh, just because of the the twelve team uh, playoff, but I, I think this is going to be much more commonplace in the sport, and you're going to see a lot more talent spread around uh, across the league. Uh, the, the big teams are still going to get theirs, you know, in recruiting. They're still going to be stacked, but uh, that's where I think you're going to see more parity across uh, the conferences. And like Trevor said earlier, maybe trying to find an easier path into the playoff, uh, you know, at a ACC school or a Big Twelve school or even one of the, you know, the group of five, if, if you're a strong look, looking group of five school, they might get them too. It's just, it's an interesting thing. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out, but it's, you know, it's here to stay. It's just, you know, how is it going to be uh, adjusted and, uh, you know, renovated, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, moving into the future. That's, that's really all we can do is just see what happens and, and hope to God the NCAA does something about, you know, setting some parameters, you know, so it's not just crazy. Uh, Trevor, you had a question, and I, I thought it was a good one, especially with early signing day coming up. Uh, you asked us, you know, what team uh, needs to have the biggest 
you know, signing day in this early period. Uh, if you all remember, there used to just be one signing signing day back in, you know, what, a couple of years ago. And it was, it was in February. Well, you know, everything's changing, the transfer portal, all this stuff. So now there's two. There's an early signing period and there's a late signing period still in February. So, Trevor, you know, who do you think needs to have this big early signing day to, to start securing a class and get some momentum going into the next signing period and even next season? Right. Yeah, you know. There's actually a few teams. We already talked about a couple of them, honestly. But there's there's one um, in particular that um, I know the popular pick is, oh, they the early signing day has to be maybe Colorado. Some people would say they, like, they have to have a good signing day. I disagree. I've seen it on a few different sites that they're like, oh, Colorado has to have a really good uh, like really good recruiting class to add to the transfers that they've gotten in to start building a foundation and stuff like that. I kind of agree with that, I guess. But, and then we've, we've already kind of touched on USC a bit. And I do think that they have to have a good, I do think that they do, but the team that I personally think that is in dire straits, if they don't have a good early signing day period is Clemson. They are in dire straits because they still to this day, do refuse to go into the transfer portal and get fill fill needs, and they they can. And while I respect them sticking to their morals and everything like that, they they have a few good <clears throat> targets that I I was going to point out. Um, right now, their 2020, 2024 class uh, they have twelve blue chip prospects: uh, five star five star linebacker, five star receiver, four star receiver and a few others that uh, round out at that. And also they got a QB five-star um, fl- trying to, they're trying to flip, excuse me, uh, Florida commitment, uh, DJ Leg- Legway, which is the five, he's a five-star prospect that's committed to Florida. However, um, nothing's set in stone until signing day happens. They put pen to paper. So with, with that said, I mean, the Tigers are the Clemson's like Davos Sweeney. Like this is the year you need to pull as many five stars and as many plug and play players as you can right now. Um, that's just the end of it. And like we've, we've all talked about Clemson like they were literally probably like 12 plays away from being in the playoff. Like they, they had a lot of close games. They just didn't come out on the winning end of it. Um, I also wanted to touch on – I did have two teams. I'm not going to lie to you. I did – I did. Uh, I selected a second team only because of the news today about the quarterback and corner also leaving them. And I know we already talked about it a little bit. But USC, like, it, right? It's got to be USC with how much – how many players have left. I mean, Georgia – Georgia, I mean, they have had a lot of players leave, granted. However, I mean – for crying out loud, they're they're sitting with a really good recruiting class coming in for twenty twenty four, like really good, really solid players. So that have already committed. I mean, obviously, pen to papers when we find out who's going really where, and that'll be a crazy show after the after the initial rush of signing day happens or early signing day happens. But USC has got to be it. I mean, they they have the they have the transfer quarterback coming in, but. 
I don't know what kind of depth they will have at quarterback even next season. And coming into the Big Ten, they're going to be in trouble, I think. Well, just on the USC thing, uh, I think Bama is probably going to go after uh, Damani Jackson. Yeah, we've got a lot in the secondary that's going to be leaving, and we're going to have to we're going to have to have some plug guys. But we do have some good ones coming in, and some good ones that are sitting bench as well this year. But if I had to pick two teams, I would say Auburn for sure. They've got to get some of the Hugh Freeze guys in there, and they've got they've got a really good class coming in. And they're probably going to make noise in the SEC next year. But another one that I think would be Notre Dame. They mm-hmm. lost a lot of players to the portal. And That's a good bring in, Well, they yeah. bring in a solid quarterback, but they don't have anybody for them to throw to because all their receivers left. So they they need some skill position players desperately. No, I, you guys, great picks uh, so far. My I only have one, um, and that's Florida. Uh, Florida is a team that they've already lost uh, eight uh, decommitments in their 2024 class. They've had a bunch of players transfer out uh, already. Uh, you know, they're losing people left and right. And, you know, they, they're still on tab to get some decent recruits, and but they need to sign them. They need to get ink to paper because they just had a five-star uh, flip to Texas today, uh, the number one safety uh, prospect, uh, I believe, uh, number two uh, safety prospect flipped, you know, to Texas. Uh, so that, that's something, you know, they had a really rough season this year. It's looking like it's going to be a rough one next year. They've got a hell of a schedule. Uh, so if they don't get these players signed in the early signing period, you know, get some momentum and, you know, I, I'm worried about Napier and, and how long he's going to remain at that program. Cause I mean, they, they don't have it easy. So they, they really need to pull it together uh, right now. And get, get that, it goes get alongside with uh, <laughs> um, them uh, Clemson trying to go over DJ Legway and pull them pull him away from Florida. Also, I mean, it's just yep. like it's like the sharks are circling the crocodile. <laughs> there's blood in the water, man, <laughs> or, the, or the gator. I mean, there yeah, there's blood in the water. You know, they're they're waiting. They're just you know, hoping that they can, you know, maybe lure them away, get a little money in their, their hands and, you know, whatever. But, yeah, Florida's in trouble. So watch out for Florida and, and what they do uh, to close out the period. Um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting. You know, obviously we've talked about the timelines, uh, you know, the college football schedule. Coaches hate the early signing period, uh, you know, because they have to dedicate so much time to that. They've got to dedicate time to, to bowl games. They've got to, you know, dedicate to the transfer portal, keeping their own people in, in tabs. So it's a, it's a lot. There needs to be some sort of change, not just for the players and for the fans, but for these these coaches because they're going through it, man. That's it's not easy. You got to have a good staff. Yeah, it goes back to what we said: is like there's got to be a major scheduling shakeup because the the transfer portal order oh, ordering Jesus Christ, <laughs> opening. Apparently, I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, oh, the transfer portal opening after the conference championships is absolutely rid- ridiculous to me. It's like there should be no talk of transfer portal or signing day until the playoffs are over. 
you can you can put both periods in the same time frame and it wouldn't affect anything because all of the coaches from each every program could easily dedicate majority of their time to that because they're not prepping for games they're not prepping for anything else and as far as as far as we know no no coaches are leaving these programs that these top tier programs at least that that have the majority of these top tier recruits coming in so I'm I think yeah. it should just all move to after the playoffs are over. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what they're going to do with it. Um, but again, we won't know. Uh, you know, until and maybe they may next really year. not do anything. They, <laughs> they may, may not, not do either. anything. They Who just may not, just leave it as is because they love the chaos. Yep. Well, hey guys, uh, that's that's all we got for today. Obviously, kind of a short episode. Uh, can you know compared to what our other ones are, but you know. We report the news. We we train to a standard, not to time. You know what I mean? So uh, Army military folks, you should understand that. Uh, so, guys, we, we appreciate you again for listening. Uh, we'll hit up more of our bowl games, obviously, uh, on the next episode. Uh, do a little recap for the ones that you know are going to happen You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we're also going to give a preview of the next couple of games. And, you know, obviously keep you up to date on the major portal news and uh, whatever you know other thing happens. Uh, you know, who knows? It's college football. Random stuff happens all the time. So, again, we appreciate you. Uh, guys, any final thoughts uh, before we close on out? Negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. All right, guys. 17 days, boys and girls. 17 it's days. It's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. It's your preparation it's age ready, boys. <laughs> it's it's going to hurt. I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck already. I can't oh, take man. this. I know. Jeez, and Pete. All right. Well, hey, again, thanks again. We'll uh, we'll holler at you guys later. Look out for the next episode. Goodbye.